Welcome to Always in Escrow with Colby Burchin and Serena Appel. Hello, Colbs. How are you? I am a little cold, but I am really doing great. How are you? I'm staying cozy today because we are speaking with Dallin Donaldson, the founder of Bear Ridge Adventures, a dog sledding business owned and operated in the scenic Summit County, Utah. We want to welcome you to the show. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. <laughs> so, Serena, I just got back from uh, Utah, Deer Valley, and I happened to come across Dallin's company. And let me tell you firsthand, my family, we had the best time of our lives. It literally, the, the mountain is gorgeous, and Dallin owns like half this mountain. So the the scenic tours and going um, with the dog sleds, it, it was an incredible experience. Everyone should take advantage of this, but him and his wife are so gracious, his whole family actually. Um, so Dallin, thank you first off for bringing my family to dog sledding because we are definitely going to be a customer for life. Every time we go um, skiing, we're going to go dog sledding. Uh, thanks for coming out. We had a good time. It was great. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, how did you get into this business? When I was going to college up Utah State with my brother, we we started working for a touring company out of Park City, uh, doing snowmobile tours and dog sledding, and that's kind of where we got started. We we've grown up around animals our entire lives, and uh, fell in love with the dogs up there. Uh, we decided while we were going to college, we took a we took a class where they wanted us to uh, basically write up a business model uh, for a company, and we chose dog sledding. And we wrote that up and decided, you know what, let's give it a try. We've got property here that we can run on and uh, we love animals. And so we found some dogs in a couple of different places. We bought 20 dogs, which I know that sounds like a lot, but in the dog sledding world, that's not very many dogs. And uh, me and my brother ran tours, two sleds, uh, a couple times a day, all winter long for the first two years. And that's kind of how we got our start. Serena, I want to set the tone. So... I had one kid, my wife had the other kid, and we have our mutual friend Margo had our other kid. And Dallin was going to be my musher. And all of a sudden, the dogs were so excited. They like they line up and they're ready to go. The dogs broke the leash with Melissa's sled and took off. And all of a sudden, you see Dallin running for the dogs and he got he caught up to them. It was wild. I have never, but it was so much fun. It, it like exhilarating. It was great. Yeah, that was a wild experience. I mean, people don't understand how much power these dogs have. I mean, you hook up 10 dogs to a, to a sled and as you can attest, they are powerful. And so they actually, we, we tie off ropes to trucks um, because the snow hooks we put in the ground just don't hold them back. And uh, the snow, that rope snapped on us and off went the team. And luckily I saw the dogs passing me in my peripheral vision and ran over there and grabbed onto them. And I took out her sled instead of yours that day. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always fun. So can you paint the picture for me? I want to know. So you have the sleds, you're seat, seated on a sled, and then you have this musher, which is the leader. Is that the, that's your term for a leader or driver? Yeah, it's the dog driver. The team musher was used kind of as a, as a dog, uh, you know, someone who works with the dogs. Uh, it, to paint the picture for you, we have this line of dogs. You can actually almost see it behind me here a little bit. You know, there's this team of dog back here, and then the dogs are kind of lined up in, in single file right next to each other, 
uh, 10 dogs deep. And uh, the sled, you have one person sit, one person stand, and we take off up the trail. And of course, when we take off, we've had several people that have fallen off the back because they just launch out of there. You know, a lot of people are intimidated when you first take off. And then about 50 yards down the trail, they kind of get into this groove. And then uh, the rest of the tour is kind of slower paced or whatever the dogs decide to do. And I, I noticed on your Instagram, which is fantastic, you have night rides and you have daytime rides. So during the day, you're going through these amazing trails. And Colby was telling me about this br- amazing, just brilliant, clean snow and um, also lots of wildlife around. So tell us about those trails. How many trails do you have? Uh, well, this this property up here we own is uh, several owners up here that we kind of are part of and we lease them. The trails uh, for the tours, we do uh, different trails depending on the snow conditions. Uh, we move up this mountain. It's it's a lot of acreage. And so we move up the mountain as we need to to keep in good snow. The conditions of the snow makes it easier on our dogs and the clients a lot helper, uh, happier as well. Uh, at nighttime, though, we don't do tours. Uh, the nighttime rides you see on our Instagram – is typically um, training runs. Uh, we're training for races right now. And so that's the only time I typically have to train my dogs. My race team is at nighttime. And so I'll take and do a night run and, and that's how we do that. So how do you become a musher? You know, I'd like to say you go to school and take some kind of course and things like that. But unfortunately, <laughs> you know, you just kind of show up and, and learn. When I first started doing these tours for that other company, I knew nothing. I showed up day one and I was like, I don't know the dog's names. I don't know anything about them. And you just had to, we did some practice runs, training runs, and I kind of learned from there. And to be honest with you, we've been doing this six years and it amazes me how every year I do this, I I learn something new, even if it's from another musher on a race. uh, It's incredible the amount of detail that goes into keeping these dogs in shape and uh, healthy, happy. And uh, so we're always adjusting and and redoing things with our dogs to make sure that they are living their best life. You know, if I could make a suggestion for all those who are listening out there, if you're interested in going on a dog sled tour, one of the questions I would ask when you call a company is, do you own your dogs? Uh, If you are encountering people who own their own dogs, run their own dogs, I guarantee you, you're going to have a better experience because of the, the amount of care that goes into those animals. You, you do not do dog sledding unless you're passionate about it. The time uh, that it takes to take care of these animals uh, to keep them in shape is it's overwhelming. Uh, we have to have seven or eight full-time employees just to maintain and run our tours and keep care of our dogs. And you said that um, you were saying before about the night runs, about competing, I guess, um, getting ready for competitions. Do a lot of the mushers race competitively or just do tours or is it separate a lot of these mushers do race uh your your serious mushers there's kind of two types of mentalities out there one you're a you're a racer and you tour because you got to pay for your addiction and the other mentality is you're like me and my brother where you start a touring company and then it, you become obsessed and next thing you know you're uh you're doing races because that's what the dogs want to do they want to do these longer races and they're always pushing the boundary these alaskan huskies are just so adventurous uh they want to to do more and so that's what's kind of happened with us we uh i started doing a race a couple of years ago and then this year i'm doing the furthest race i've ever raced and uh, they just keep pushing me to do more and so it's a lot of fun so i wondered if your dogs have ever encountered wild game or um wild animals that were threatening while on a tour 
<laughs> uh, I've never encountered moose are definitely the most threatening animals that we can encounter. Uh, believe it or not, they are very dangerous for our dogs. They can stomp an entire team if they decide to. You have to be careful. I've never encountered a moose while on a tour. I do have a funny story, though. Two years ago, we were taking out a lady for her birthday, a surprise birthday party. She went dog sledding. And we were going down the trail, and it was a sharp corner, and we didn't see it in front of us, and there was a skunk right in the middle of the trail. So <laughs> we ended up uh, getting sprayed by a skunk, and it was a pretty smelly birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, okay, so let's talk about your amazing staff, the leaders and your dogs. At what age do you start the dogs on their first run? Uh, I would say we start harness breaking them anywhere between six and eight months old. And uh, a dog or a puppy isn't typically harness broke for a good 10 runs, 10 to 20, depending on uh, how uh, timid the dog is. You don't want them to be intimidated when they get hooked onto that sled. You want them to be excited about it. So we teach them to get in the harness and then we'll hook them up with an experienced older dog and uh, start doing smaller training runs. And those first runs are usually really short and really fast just to kind of let them kind of figure out what uh, what it is to run inside of a team. Um, the thing that's really interesting is people are like, oh, how do you how do you make these dogs run? And, and the thing I don't think people understand is I don't make them do anything. You know, they want to do it. It's like this drive to pull that is just born into these animals. I, uh, I don't teach them to pull. I teach them to have good habits. Uh, I teach them to make sure they're not chewing on their harness, that they're staying in line and running with the team and working together. Those are things I can train, but I can't make them run. And so that's just a, a desire they have as the dog, as a working dog. So I'm sure the next natural question would be, at what age do you retire them? I, I never really truly retire them. Uh, I'll let a dog run as much as they want to and as much as they're able. Uh, I have a couple of dogs, which you probably, I don't know if you noticed on your team or not, but I actually run some older females that are 12 to 14 years old and they're still touring uh, and they love it. They, they are active and healthy, uh, but of course they can't keep up with the younger dogs. Uh, they do maybe one run a day and, you know, they still get to feel like they're part of the group. And their experience is so, uh, and their knowledge that they've learned is so helpful for my younger dogs. Those older dogs teach them everything. And uh, it's a fantastic way to train. So I retire the dogs when, uh, when they absolutely need to. But I'll tell you one thing. These are not house pets and they're not happy if they're not running. <laughs> I've, I've tried bringing them into my house as an older dog and they are usually miserable. They, they want to move. They want to run and they want to feel part of the group. It's really important to them. Right, right. I, I, there was a an older dog in our group. I think it was fourteen. It was black and white on the back right mm -hmm. of my my uh, dog sledding team. I can't remember the name. It's so cute. Yeah, Indy would have been Indy. Indy. Yeah. yeah. She she had a lot of force though. She was going. Yeah. Oh, they still drive. You bet. They are more than happy to be there. <laughs> so the term working dog sounds bad, but how do you know that they love it? They have that drive. They they just have to get out there. And then my follow up to that is: Do you did the dogs ever get cold? Oh, that's that's a great question. I'll ask you: What did you think when you showed up and there were all those dogs hooked up? What was the energy like? What did you feel? You know, I always like to ask people who do it I all mean, the time. They they definitely looked hot and like ready, roaring to go. Like we weren't ready, they were ready. Um, Serena, they were they yeah. were. You can go and they they were barking and like in a row and they none of them were lounging. Um, when you get to the top, they're taking a break, but 
they were great. I mean, it, totally different experience when yeah. you're there in person. Yeah, you, you can almost feel it, right? That you know, energy, it's like palpable. You can feel this energy in the air. A lot of people, uh, it's intimidating because it's they show up and it's just like you got 70 dogs that are just jumping and barking and pulling. And it's just like this anxiety in the air. And, uh, you know, I have several people ask me, oh, are they okay? And I'm like, you just have to understand this is truly excitement. And that's how you know these dogs love what they do is and they just get out there and they are so amped to run. And they do this, you know, every day. And uh, there's times where I'll feel worn out and tired from working, doing tours. And I'll show up that next morning. You'd think they've been never have been out on a run for days and they are so energetic. <laughs> I've got to tell you kind of a cool experience that I had. Um, I was doing one of these training runs up in a different area for this race I have coming up next weekend. And I had 12 of my best dogs hooked up to a team and um, we went 80 miles in um, two different runs. So I did 40 miles each and we did it in under 12 hours. Um, so just to give you an idea of these dogs, true, uh, you know, athletic ability, I got done with 80 miles and they wanted to go again. They weren't tired yet. And so, you know, it's just, it's a different way of looking at the world. When you think of pets and your dog doing a walk, you're like, oh, if I walk two or three miles or a mile, my dog's going to be happy. And these dogs are such athletes that you, their spirit is incredible. Your, your dog food bill must be humongous. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Yeah, they burn through roughly 5,000 calories a day. And we have to replace that with both kibble. And we also do raw meat for the dogs as well. So studies show that dog sledding supports mental health. Is it also a physical workout? There is definitely a physical aspect along as a mental aspect for these dogs. Uh, I always tell, uh, I was telling my brother on this team that I've got to put together for the race. I said, you may be younger and you may be faster, but my team is gritty. And what I mean by that is uh, mentally, they're very tough. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they do because they, uh, they are, they're experienced and they are hardened team. It reminds me of any kind of athletic team that is very experienced. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. Uh, so there's definitely a mental aspect. A lot of it, when, when it comes to picking my leaders, the ones who are on the front of the team, uh, that is really what I'm looking for is mental toughness someone who is willing to be consistent and uh, get out there and go get it. And then also for humans too, that it has, um, it's showing to have some ha mental health benefits being in the outdoors and fresh air. And, um, and then as a, as a musher, do you have to like, you have to pull back those harnesses? Is that really hard to do? Does that create arm strength? Oh, it's, it's very physical. Yeah. I, uh, um, when I've been doing my training runs and, and doing my, um, my tours, it's, uh, uh, it's exhausting. Yeah. You're, you're working those dogs. And, um, not only that, like I was looking at, I, I kind of keep a GPS on me to keep track of how far I've been and, and my speed and everything else to keep track of how I'm doing. And, uh, I was standing on that sled on the back over eight hours, um, on my training runs, just to give you an idea. And it's a lot like skiing. So can you imagine going down a ski slope eight hours straight? Uh, that, that's kind of what it feels like. And so it's very physically challenging. Yeah. Your leg strength must be incredible. And that, so the dog's endurance and, and you have it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to, I, a lot of times I feel like a coach. Uh, I'm just trying to make them the best they can. Um, but you're involved quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. We've had our share of time with, with some coaches. You know, it, I can imagine how 
coach Rick Macy would be motivating a team of dogs. Right. But it's, 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 it's just a different, different venue, you know, dog versus tennis. It's always, you know, same kind of thing. Um, so tell our audience, you know, the types of, um, tours that you do so they could, you know, log on and, and see what you're all about. I took the hour tour because I have young kids. I didn't know how they would last. Your wife was kind of guiding me. Um, certainly his wife is, she, she really runs the show behind the show. Yes, she does. She keeps us organized and lined out. She does a great job. People always give reviews and, and she's mentioned in almost all of them. And she's, <laughs> they usually only never even meet her. It's just the interaction they have if they're on the phone and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So the tour options we, we offer is the one hour. It's the most popular. You're on that sled between 45 minutes to an hour. You go up the mountain to a checkpoint halfway up. It's about three and a half miles each way. And at that point, we take pictures and uh, let you guys meet the dogs once they've kind of calmed down a little bit, turn them around. And then the way down is is quite a bit faster. We also do a two-hour tour, which is a 12-mile round trip. Uh, so you're talking double more or less in the distance up and back. And that experience, we offer um, people to harness the dogs and unharness the dogs. It gives them a little bit more of an idea on uh, what it takes to hook up a team instead of just showing up and seeing them already. Uh, so it's, it's people who really want a more hands-on experience. And then we also offer uh, starting mid-January, but we're so busy during December and middle of January, we only offer this after that time period. We do a half-day tour, and the half-day tour, we uh, we go up there a long ways. Um, these are people that are typically return customers that have been with us two or three years, and they just keep getting more of an itch, and so they keep coming back for more. And so we've offered this half-day tour, and we actually take them out for lunch afterward and things like that. Sounds amazing. Well, for everybody that's out there, everybody that's um, out in on the West Coast, out venturing to Utah to go skiing during this amazing season, um, please look out for our friends at Bear Ridge Ventures. We'd love to have you guys come out. Yeah. Tell us how everybody can find you. Uh, you can go to our website at Bear Ridge Adventures. Uh, if you're ever staying in Park City, a lot of the hotels also offer the concierge know about us. Um, Instagram, Facebook, we, we're always posting fun videos of our tours and our dogs and our trainings and uh, come follow us. We would love to share our experiences with everybody. Thank you so much. Now, and we had, I, I really, truly thank you. My family had an amazing time. I can't, I can't tell, tell everyone enough to book a tour with you because it really is a unique experience. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, you guys. Oh.